Hi. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by First Baptist Church. Here at FBC, it's our mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we hope that this message helps you continue to grow in your faith. This audio is property of First Baptist Church, but feel free to give away copies of this message in the hopes that others will be impacted by what they hear. For more information about FBC, or if you want to stay connected with us, visit our website at fbclloyd.ca or look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, and enjoy the latest from FBC. Good evening, afternoon, good to see you guys all, Merry Christmas, Uh, it is a privilege to be here with you, Uh, this happens to be probably my favorite uh, event of the Christmas season, Uh, and this happens to be my first Christmas Eve service here at FBC, so I am super excited uh, to be here with you, and I hope that you enjoy the service tonight. If you've joined us online, I just want to say Merry Christmas to you, thank you for joining us, and we hope that you have a great time celebrating uh, the Christmas season. So as a church, we have been enjoying a series called Written in the Sky. And the story uh, that we've been really centering these messages around is the story of the wise men's visit to Jesus. And you can see uh, in Scripture, in Matthew chapter 2, you can see a little description of that uh, visit. Uh, In Matthew chapter 2, verses 10 to 12, and it says this, When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, And they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they they departed to their own country by another way. So there's a number of different lessons that we have learned from the wise men. The first one uh, that Doug spoke on was the fact that as you come to encounter Jesus Christ, you can have true joy. We see that they were exceedingly joyful uh, when they met uh, Jesus and, and the Christ child. And you know what? Becoming a follower of Jesus, putting our faith and trust in him, doesn't mean that all of our programs or all of our problems go away. It doesn't mean that everything is just smooth in front of us, but it does mean this. It means that when we encounter difficulty in life, when we encounter things that we just never expected, it means that we have someone walking through those, and not just someone. We have the almighty God of the universe walking through those difficulties and those troubles with us. Second thing we uh, looked at is the fact that uh, when the wise men came, that they worshiped Jesus. And worship is a response, recognizing these wise men recognized that Jesus, this child, was something different, something exceptional, someone exceptional. And we as individuals have to make a choice. Are we going to worship him or are we going to ignore who he is? And then last Sunday, Doug shared that we, like the wise men, that we need to allow God to speak into our lives. That we need to listen to his voice. They were told to go home another way and they obeyed the voice of God. And we may not always understand God's voice. We may not always understand why he changes the plan or why he changes the things that we had uh, in mind. But we have to trust him and know that he is good and know that he always does what is right. And so tonight, we get to talk about presence. Now, there's a number of little people in the room today, younger people in the room today, and I know, because I can't do it, it's hard to sit still for an hour, isn't it? It is really hard. So I thought, the kids, if you could help me out just for the next few minutes, all right, and answer a couple questions for me, 
okay? And I want you to yell it out. This is the only time probably that it's okay to yell out answers in church, all right? But your parents are going to let you, your grandparents are going to let you. So is there anybody here that's excited for presents? Uh, do you think maybe we could be a little louder? Anybody here excited for presents? Yeah, very good. Now, I need a little game. Everybody that is, you know, maybe 10 and under, stand up. Because I need to know how early people are allowed to get up tomorrow morning. All right? I just need to know how early. So if you're allowed to be out of your bedroom at 8 o'clock, stay standing. 8 o'clock in the morning, stay standing. How about 7 o'clock? Are you allowed out of your bedroom at 7? You can check with your parents, make sure they give you the right answer. Am I allowed to be out at 7? All right. All right. Are you allowed to be out of your bedroom at 6 in the morning? How many people allowed to be out at 6? Keep it going. All right. Very good. 5? Anybody allowed out at 5? Few people being told to sit down. All right. Anybody allowed out at 4? Yeah? Still four? Three? When are, are you going to go to bed? No. All right. Very good. In my home, um, I was awful. Like, and this is as an adult, not as a child. All right? Like, laying in bed at night, I'd be like just just so anxious to wake up, you know, and I'd be poking Amanda, can we get up now? And she'd be like, not yet, not yet. And so like, we kind of made a rule that the boys weren't allowed to come into our room until 4.30, and occasionally I might have encouraged them to come a little earlier. So I, I just love Christmas. I love the Christmas season. The boys are actually have all their movies picked out tonight. They are not going to sleep at all. And um, I am getting a little bit older, so I might sleep till like five, but I just, I just love Christmas. It's so much fun. So, um, as Christmas approaches, one of the things is the giving and receiving of gifts. And we always look for that perfect gift. We want to just nail, you know, the gift giving. And it always feels really great as well when somebody has gone that extra mile to think of you and to buy you a really good gift. Well, a quick search online can show us that doesn't always go so well. And so I just want to read a few people's accounts of maybe unfortunate gifts. This guy says, when I was eight years old, I got a Zelda game. It was my first video game ever. I was really excited, but I didn't get a game console with it. <laughs> my older brother got the game console, and it was set up in his room where I was never allowed to go. He says, I never did play that Zelda game. This one, my mom is notorious for bad presents. One that stands out was a car crash kit. It had a disposable camera for recording the scene, a form for both parties to fill out, and tape to measure I don't know what, and some chalk for what I assume was for marking out where the bodies landed. <laughs> this one, my grandma bought me an ornament with, my, with the name Eric on it. Unfortunately, my name is Morgan. <laughs> and then lastly, this one's a heartbreaker, it really is. When I was eight or nine, my grandma gave me a Christmas ornament. It was a little stuffed cherub with pink cheeks and yarn hair. I cried because I had saved up my allowance to buy it for her the year before. So, so when giving and receiving gifts, there are those gifts that we wish that maybe I should have never given it. And there are some of those gifts where we think, you know what, maybe I wish I'd never received that as well. And we're going to look at the, today the fact uh, that the wise men, when they came to visit Jesus, that they brought gifts. And these gifts in and of themselves were valuable, 
but there's also a, a deeper value in them and because it helps us to understand just a little bit more who Jesus was. And from there, we're gonna look at the fact that each and every one of us can bring a gift or gifts to Jesus as well. And we're gonna see how that applies uh, to our lives. So let's just pray, and then we're just gonna jump right in together, Lord. God, I just wanna thank you. Uh, thank you for the gift of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you what he came here to do. God, I just thank you for uh, this time of year where we just celebrate his birth, that we get to spend time with friends, family, Lord. And I just want to pray that you would just uh, help us now as we look at these gifts, as we see who you are, and then, Lord, as we see how we are to respond to you, Lord, I just want to pray that even tonight would be a night where our lives are changed forever. Just thank you in your name. Amen. And so uh, uh, Matthew 2.11 says this, and just to see that last part of the verse again, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then... Opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. The wise men had seen the star arise in the east, and they, they knew what the appearance of that star meant. They knew it had signified, signified, signified the birth of the one who was to be king of the Jews. They had come to worship him, and after meeting him, they opened their treasures, and they presented him with priceless gifts. And these gifts were extremely valuable. And in fact, if you look through history, we would see that it was customary to give spices and gold uh, to people who, who were either a king in that sort of status, king or queen, or maybe even a perceived deity. In fact, we can see that during the reign of King Seleucus, uh, historical accounts state that he offered these same three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, to the god Apollo at the temple in Miletus. And then we also see when the Queen of Sheba came to visit King Solomon. Um, she came to sort of figure out his wisdom and to see if he was really maybe as wise as all the reports were saying that he was. But then she also brought presents with her, and you can see that in 1 Kings chapter 10. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold and a very great quantity of spices and precious stones. Never again came such an abundance of spices as these that the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. So these gifts were a sign of respect. They were a sign of reverence. These men, when they came to meet the baby Jesus, they wanted to give him these gifts that, that, that symbolized their, their respect for him and their reverence for him. And you know what? That may have been um, just the extent of what they wanted to do. There may not have been in their minds any deeper meaning to these gifts. And, and you know, the Bible doesn't even say that specifically that these gifts had a deeper meaning. But as we look at each one and we see these gifts, we can see something special about Jesus in each one of them. That's what I want to do with you tonight. So let's look by look, begin by looking at the gift of gold. And gold has traditionally been known as the metal of kings. And we can see, you know, whenever you see a crown or the jewels, you know, it's often kings come with a lot of gold. Kings and queens, rulers come with lots of gold. King Solomon, when he set up his kingdom, his throne was actually overlaid with gold. And during his reign, they brought some 35, uh, 34 tons of gold were brought into Jerusalem. And the, the value of that today was about $125 million worth of gold uh, brought into Solomon's kingdom. So gold is associated with kings. It's associated with royalty. And scripture tells us lots about the fact that, that Jesus, this little one who was born uh, into, into this world and we celebrate his birth tonight, that he is not just a little infant that grew up to be a man, but that he is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and he is eternal God. So let's look at a couple passages of scripture that help us to see that. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7 says this. 
For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of the hosts will do this. See, the wise men came to worship the one who was born king of the Jews. When they met him, he would have been just under probably two years of age. But they recognized, and Isaiah tells us that this was not just an ordinary child. He was indeed a king of kings and lord of lords. We can't look at all of the descriptive words in this verse, but I want to focus in on one. And the fact that he is the mighty God. As we think about Jesus and we think about following him and giving our lives to him. When you see that term, mighty God, it means that he is a warrior, a hero in battle. And when used of kings, it is used to show the strength of that king's kingdom. Zephaniah, in a prophetic passage, states this. Sing aloud, O daughters of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exalt with all your heart, O daughters of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The king of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. As you think about Jesus, the eternal king, we think about the fact that he is the mighty God. He is with us. When we place our faith and trust in him, we will never be separated from, us, from him. He will never leave us or forsake us. And this is the one who walks through the journey of life with us. But not only that, it's, he says that he has removed all of the judgments that were against us. All of our sin, all of that debt, if we place our faith and trust in him, he has removed that against us. And he will rejoice over us with singing. You know, last Saturday, we uh, had the privilege of, of our boys coming back from New Brunswick to, to be here for Christmas. And they're at anticipation and finally getting to see them, watching them, you know, give their mom a big hug and then, you know, getting to hug them myself. And I just was thinking about that this t- today as I thought about this verse. We were so glad to see our kids. We were so excited to, to be able to hold them, embrace them again. And, and this is how God feels towards us. When we place our faith and trust in him, he loves us. He rejoices over us. He, he just wants to embrace us in his love. And so the gold that talks about the fact that Jesus, the king of kings, the mighty one, what kind of kingdom is he going to run? He's, he is one that is going to be just and righteous. Now, there's been no king, no queen, no ruler who has ever ran a kingdom with complete justice and complete righteousness. And we need to understand that when we place our faith and trust in the King of Kings, that what he does is always right. What he does is always good. And that he is trustworthy in all the things that he does. So the gold helps us to see that he is the king. What about the frankincense and the myrrh? Well, when I think of frankincense, you know, if you think about these three gifts, honestly, if you came to me and you said, here, here's some three gifts. Here's gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I think I get pretty excited about the gold. But in all honesty, frankincense and myrrh, I, I don't really like smelly stuff that much. So that might go into the re-gift pile, all right? But it's not just a money thing. But I do want to tell you the value of them today. If you were to look on, online, you can purchase grade A Ethiopian frankincense for about $24 a pound. 
Myrrh comes in at about $40 a pound, and gold, on the other hand, last Thursday, was selling for about $36,500 a pound, all right? So that's not the only reason I'd keep the gold, all right? That was, that's not the only reason, but, um, and that's not the only reason I'd get rid of the smelly stuff, but uh, it's just interesting, when these gifts came to Jesus, they were pretty much of equal value. You see, getting frankincense and myrrh, it's, a, it's an interesting process. They, they have to harvest it from trees, um, and what they do is they scar the tree. Uh, they'll put little marks in it, little cuts in it, and then the resin from the tree will seep out, and eventually it will harden, and then the people will come along and harvest it and check it for purity and then, and then deliver it to, to the destination that's going. And because it was so difficult to get back in the day, it was a very valuable gift. But what does frankincense help us to see about Jesus? Well, frankincense was often used in the, in the temple or in the tabernacle and later on in the temple uh, for the sacrifices. And it's really interesting as you're studying the sacrifices, the, the first sacrifice that would be offered was the sin offering. And that was an animal sacrifice. And, and while that was being offered, there was quite an unpleasant smell in the air. But then after that sacrifice was completed, they were commanded to give a grain offering or they were allowed to give a grain offering. And that grain offering was allowed to include incense. And it's such an interesting picture because as that sin offering came, that, that one that represented our guilt and our shame and the punishment that we deserve for sin, you know, there was nothing allowed to, to improve the smell of that. It was, just, it was just made and it was just a reminder of how offensive our sin is to God. But then after the sin offering was made, after the forgiveness of sins was granted, you're able to offer this grain offering of thanksgiving. And that had a sweet-smelling aroma. And so just that, that difference as, as our sin, our sin separates us from God. And yet, and then when he has forgiven us, the fact that we can actually serve him and worship him with a clean and a pure heart. And the frankincense talks about the fact that Jesus came as the final sacrifice for sin. And that if we believe in him, we can have pure and clean hearts before God. And then finally, we come... Uh, to the myrrh. And the myrrh is an interesting gift, and I, it'd be a strange one when you know what it means. There's a, a website that I use quite often. It's called gutquestions.org. If you're looking for things on all things Christianity, so get some, some questions, this is a good, simple place to start um, with for your questions. But this, uh, this website notes that myrrh was symbolic of bitterness, suffering, and affliction. That would be a strange gift to get, wouldn't it? You know, as, as I come, if I come to your house, you've just had a baby, and I drop off this gift, and, and, and I say, well, you know, here's a, here's a gift that represents bitterness, suffering, and affliction. Have a good day, you know? It seems a little strange, doesn't it? Well, myrrh in, in those days was, was often used uh, for uh, embalming. And that myrrh helps us remember the purpose of Jesus coming. Yes, we celebrate the birth of a child. Yes, it's exciting to see the birth of the Christ child. But there was a greater purpose to come than just to, to come and, and live a, a normal life. In fact, he tells, Jesus tells us in Mark 10, 45, his purpose for coming. It says this, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Humanly speaking, sin is an unpassable barrier between God and man. Our sin makes it impossible for us on our own to be in a relationship with God. Not only does it make a relationship with him impossible, but it actually places us under his wrath. But thankfully, Jesus was always part of God's plan. He knew that we were going to sin. God knew we were going to sin, and he knew the cost for us. But even more so, he knew the cost for him. He knew what it would cost him to bring us back to him. 
And strangely enough, he loved us enough to carry out one of the most loving and gracious plans you could ever imagine. That plan was to punish Jesus for your sins and for mine. When Jesus died on the cross, the full weight of our sin was placed upon him. He became that unpleasant smell of the sin offering before God so that we could be rescued from the curse of sin and receive the gift of forgiveness and new life when we place our faith and trust in him. That barrier that's impossible for us to remove is removed the moment that we place our faith and trust in Christ. Have you trusted him? His death and resurrection have proved his trustworthiness and his love for you. The gifts of the wise men were given to honor Jesus. They recognized him as their king and the pursuit of him and their gifts undoubtedly caused uh, other people to pay a little bit more attention to who he was. Not only that, uh, and I don't even think these guys were aware of it, the wise men were aware of it, but these gifts for the past 2,000 years have helped people understand more and more and more about who that Christ child was. You see, it's important for us to recognize that when we worship, when we respond to Jesus, there's always a greater impact than we could ever think or imagine. I don't think these guys really planned on, on these, you know, these gifts to be anything more than just offerings of reverence. But we can see how awesome these gifts have been in, in helping us understand a little bit more about who Christ was. So what's the application for us today? How do these gifts relate to us in our lives? And well, first as you think about the myrrh, you think about the purpose why Jesus came. He came because he loves you. He came to rescue you from your sin. Again, our sin separates us from God, but because of his death, burial, and resurrection, that barrier can be removed if we just simply receive that gift that he offers. You know, tomorrow, you're probably gonna give and receive lots of gifts. There's going to be a package extended to you. And you have the option. Am I gonna see what's in that gift or will I choose to ignore it? And you know what? God extends a gift to you. He's paid for it. It's bought. There's no strings attached. It's just here. I want you to receive this forgiveness. I want you to receive eternal life. And I want you to experience the joy of living in the way that you were created. And as we think about the myrrh, we have to think about what will I respond? He's purchased the gift. He's paid for it in its entirety. What will I do with the gift that Christ is offering to me? The frankincense will help us to remember that, that we need to be always appreciative if we've placed our faith and trust in Christ, that we get to worship God from a pure heart, that we get to worship God from, from a clean conscience because we have been forgiven. The entire debt of our sin has been removed. And we need to realize how important it is to, to let that worship show, to let that, to let that out in our lives. Now, I'm not saying, you know, you go to work, you know, next week and take out Elevation Worship, crank it to the top of the, you know, the volume on your, your Bluetooth and then, and then sing at the top of your lungs or when you're driving around in the car with your coworkers, like always popping out the worship music. But just be constant in our lives, responding and recognizing who God is. And just making those, those little comments when, when, when just the situation is right, just to acknowledge God and his presence and what he's done. And just like these wise men, they did, I don't think they realized how, how much their gifts would be talked about years later. But we as believers need to be bold enough to say, man, I get to have a relationship with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And I need to bring that into all my conversations. You know what? I'm not the greatest at that. 
Sometimes I'm afraid to make those comments. Oh, it might make a stir. It might rile things up. Well, you know, if you read the story of the wise men, you know things got riled up in Jerusalem as well. People were, were kind of like wondering what's going on and it troubled Jerusalem because of the worship that these wise men presented. But that's okay because as we stir up that wonder and that curiosity and people think, why do you have such peace? Why do you have such joy? Our worship will allow them and cause them to say, hey, I wonder if I could have that joy. I wonder if I could have that peace as well. And then finally, as we consider the gold, we need to consider the fact that we um, need to give our obedience to God. Just every day in our lives, trust him. He's proven his love. He's proven his trustworthiness. He died. He came back to life. Uh, He has kept his word every step of the way. We have no reason to doubt him. The gift of obedience, Jesus says this in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Today, we've seen that the wise men have brought their gifts to Jesus. We've seen the impact that it has made. And today, I would encourage you, what what gifts will you give to Jesus? Will you give him that, that gift that he's given you, that gift of faith to say, God, I believe that Jesus is the only way for my sins to be forgiven. And if you're in that place today and you would like to talk to somebody about that, if you see someone with the the lanyard around their neck, just grab hold of them and they will certainly direct you to somebody who would talk to you about that. If somebody's invited you here this evening uh, and and you're like, man, I'd, I'd like to know more about having a relationship with Jesus, please talk to them. If you're watching online, uh, please, you know, just fill out, go to the, the church website right under connect with us. There's a contact card. If you have questions, uh, we would love again to connect with you on that. There's a connection card for you to do that. But folks, it's a privilege to serve God. It's a privilege to give him our gifts. He has purchased the greatest gift that we could ever receive. And if we follow him, if we live him, live for him and we trust him, we will have the privilege of pointing other people towards the greatest gift so that they can know, truly know, how to have joy and peace in this life. Let's pray together. Father, I just wanna thank you for this evening. I thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. Thank you that you allow us to return gifts to you. Lord, we just pray that um, tonight you would just help us to worship you for who you are, to trust you in your goodness and in the fact that you are the mighty king. And Lord, I just pray that our lives would reflect you and that other people would be drawn to you because of it. I just thank you in Jesus' name, amen. At this time, uh, I'm just gonna ask you to to grab the candles that are on the left-hand side, your left-hand side of each pew, and you can pass them down the aisle. Um, We're gonna have a scripture reading video. After that video is done, the ushers will come down. They're going to light the first candle in every row. Uh, And then um, we'll just ask you to kind of make sure everybody around you has their candle lit, so look behind you and all of those things. And then the band is going to come and lead us uh, in a couple of traditional Christmas carols. God bless. Thank you very much.